1: change of plans a little bit alan and i just finished recording the euro cup preview show that was going to be the monday episode but as we were recording and we were winding down our guy julio jones gets traded to the titans the day has come the day has come alan said he was gone we gotta listen to alan when it comes to this falcon shit my guy's the goat when it comes to covering the falcons uh i feel like you're gonna dominate this one man because he plays for your favorite team. Mm. He's one of my favorite players, and everyone knows Mount St. Julio. I'm always mm-hmm. down for it to erupt. He goes to Tennessee. What are your thoughts?
2: I think it's a perfect fit for him. I think it was either Green Bay or Tennessee. I don't think Green Bay were seriously looking to, into training for him just because they're a very conservative organization. I think right now they're still in a standstill of Rogers so it's like that's where their focus has been. But Tennessee were one of the big players. I think them, Seattle, and New England were like the main contenders to get Julio. And uh, Tennessee, being as vicious as they are, they kind of see uh, they were they were a bit slipping last year given you know their success in 2019. So it's like, okay, and now losing Corey Davis, losing John o. Smith, why not go for someone like Julio, especially given the interest is there, the fit's right there. They, they need to bolster their offense. A.J. Brown, you want to talk about a great guy on social media. A.J. Brown's going to have a career as a social media manager when it's,
1: when it's all said and done. Dude, <laughs> he used the Blue Wire graphic. Really? Blue Wire put up a graphic and he used that one on his social media. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So I think I can't remember the last time like there's been such a terrifying
2: trio. Like you talk about freak specimens, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry all in the same offense like Alpha male, grown man shit, like dude. The, AJ Brown reminds me so
1: much of Julio Jones,
2: especially what he does after the catch. Yeah, like
1: wears number eleven. Yeah. Also, that's his idol. There was a preseason, right. not preseason. This is a and, pregame. Yeah, where he was wore wearing the jersey, and they weren't even playing the Falcons. Yeah. I, I wonder
2: who's gonna be number eleven. I think, I think there's, Julio might wear number eight, given the number flexibility, just for the Alabama days. Mm. So, I love everything about the fit. I, I think people that listen to podcasts know I always kind of have a soft spot for the Titans. I just love the, their whole. Uh, not even that they're not even old school anymore. Like they have embraced now being more explosive and pass oriented. I just like Mike Vrabel and what he's brought to the team and you know, who doesn't love Derek Henry. So I do think this move, uh, I'm, I'm not going to really say they're a Bowl contender because there's a lot of questions defensively, but it's, there's no doubt they're one of the top five most exciting teams in the league. And I think they're going to give defenses nightmares. Like how are you going to put eight in the box now that you have to cover AJ Brown and Julio Jones, like teams are going to be scared to play in the box now. And then at the other side, it's like, now you're going to give Derrick Henry more space. You're going to expect uh, safety to play as a linebacker or a nickel corn to make stops against Derrick Henry. Good luck trying to stop him, man. This is a big move
1: for Tennessee. Tannehill came out and said that we have two of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game. To that, I say, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I don't, man, it's... Like, Tannehill's had some pressure on him over the course of career. I
2: don't think he's ever going to face this much pressure. It, like, he's got to. deliver now, right? Yeah. And he's done a good job, but now it's like, okay, I want to see career numbers. Like, you got to somehow try to top 2019, which was, like, his career year. Like, if anything, it was, like, his resurrection year. Now it's just like, yo, you have two players that should command double coverage, should command a team's attention. And now defense is – it's like, pick your poison. Because it's like, what can we do? Like, it's it's very exciting like i that's why i wanted to see him go sense. i know it's not a big market i know it's not glamorous but it's just everything's fitting right and it's just like you have an offense full of alpha males and who's a bigger alpha male as a receiver than
1: julio jones you think that's gonna help or hurt aj brown's upside
2: Talking about fantasy numbers wise,
1: yeah, I mean, like production. I mean, obviously, like a question like that, it ties into yeah, fantasy. I
2: think both players don't need ten to twelve targets to be productive. Like these very are very
1: efficient on like seven targets, right?
2: Because what they could do after a catch, what they could do vertically, they they could score. Fuck. They could score touchdown anytime they touch the ball.
1: I'm thinking about Derrick Henry now too. Do might get two thousand yards again? You can't stack the box, right? Yeah, like
2: it just it creates so many mismatches, and it's like these defense have to figure out like. What are we get, like, where do we cater towards? What are we stopping? So I think the only thing that can really stop Tennessee is just how they get just without Arthur Smith. You know, how is the new play calling like? And you know, of course there's a, the 10 hill caveat, but besides that, you know, the old line's a little shaky, but I just think you know, it's not like a huge liability. So to me And their defense has a lot of holes. Yeah, Um. Well, and they're banking a lot. Like I like Bud Dupree. I only like Bud Dupree as a lead pass rusher, so they're going to have to work around that. Um. The Janoris Jenkins sign was pretty questionable. Yeah. It, to me, he hasn't been that good in like three years. But I, I think if you want to put themselves – because you also have to keep in mind, I think the Colts were a little bit in discussion. So the fact that you will get one over the Colts – Mm, like, in your division, yeah. Like to me, this solidifies them. They're winning the AFC South. I think this move puts them to that position. Now, AFC wise, like they're definitely not better than Kansas City or Buffalo. Like to me, they're right up there with Cleveland. I give Cleveland a slight edge, but you know they're they're in the thick of it. And I just think it makes them more competitive. It makes them more threatening, which I think is key because I think without Julio, you saw some troubling signs. Like oh, they might decline a little bit. They might be eight, nine, one team. I think this confirms them as a ten or potentially even 11 eleven one team.
1: Yeah, the idea of picking the Jaguars is like a darling pick. That's yeah, out the window now with, with Julio. Uh, check this out, dude. A lot of odds shifted on this one. So mm-hmm. Bet MGM. The Titans went from plus 110 to plus 105 to win the South. 22 to 1 odds to win the AFC. Now they're 12 to 1 odds to win the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Titans opened up as a 8 to 1 underdog to land Julio Jones following the Shannon Sharp conversation, then they became the favorite upon the rumors. The Falcons went from 80 to 110 to 1 now without Julio. So seismic shifts, man. Yeah. Also bet MGM got the Titans at 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl as opposed to 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl prior to this move. So we can get into the actual details
2: of the trade. So it was a second round pick um, in 2022, and then I believe a fourth round pick in 2023. Mm-hmm. I know pe- some people were surprised how keen I got first round pick for Lily Jones. I guess that's just the receiver market, I, and especially someone that's 31 years old.
1: And also, look, it's 16 million dollars against the cap too.
2: Yeah, so they don't have to get any of their salary. Like the, the Tennessee has to pay the whole salary this year. So that was a big reason why I think the land was pushing for the move to be to be done even though I, they were desperately looking for a first-rounder.
1: So Titans send the second-round pick next year, like you said, a fourth-round in 2023. Yeah. And along with Jones, the Falcons will get a sixth-round pick. Oh, sorry. The Falcons will send a sixth-round pick yeah. to the Titans in 2023. So that's the official trade. Yeah. But, dude, I mean, phew, the, the defensive coordinators are going to be having nightmares all week trying to game plan against them because it's like – you know, there's been there's been 31 times that a wide receiver has had over 250 yards in a football game. 28 of them have been by other wide receivers. Julio's had three. Yeah. So it's like, dude's a baller, man. And he's going to get more single coverage than ever. Do you think this is a better pairing than having Ridley? Yes.
2: A.J. Brown's... Uh, I, I think to say A.J. Brown's more of a bigger threat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd as as great you. as Calvin really is, f- fantastic route runner, very explosive, could get vertical, uh, excellent hands as well. Like, he reminds you of T.Y. Hilton in a lot of ways, probably a little better, such as a route runner. But, like, you look at A.J. Brown, I think he could be a top five receiver within, like, a year. Like, what he could do after the catch. Like, I think his hands are a little bit of an issue, and yeah, maybe he could get better with his route tree, but, like, you look at what he could do on a weekly basis, like, like, even his rookie year, didn't he have, like, five straight weeks of 40-yard touchdowns or more? I think his rookie year, something to that extent. So, he's just always been a big play guy. And now you're adding him with Julio Jones, who's a, like, Mr. 20-plus-yard catch leader. Like, every year, he's up there in most 20-yard catches.
1: So, it's it's
2: the most explosive pairing you could think of.
1: You know who else is going to benefit from this, too? Josh Reynolds, who they brought in. Now, as a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might just leave that dude open just because they got to worry about all these beasts. Check this out. Yards per route run as NFL players. A.J. Brown last year of 112 players in the league. He was third. This is a Julio step, by the way. He was number one for like four years. So Julio was fourth Mm -hmm. last year. Fifth the year before. Second the year prior. First in 2017. A.J. Brown was third in back-to-back years. Yeah. So you're right. Like that's their bread and butter is gonna be the yards after after catch, mm-hmm. yards per route. Man, this is gonna be if you're Tannehill, this is the best situation you've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Uh easily. You still gotta beast and, and also if you're Derrick Henry, you're probably saying to yourself, like, hi right, man, they're not gonna I'm not gonna face eight man boxes, which they might have if they didn't get Julio. Absolutely. Yeah. The Titans really needed yeah. this because I, I was campaigning. Like, I'm betting a lot of money on A.J. Brown to be wide receiver mm. one, lead the league in yeah. receiving yards because you got rid of Corey Davis and John Smith. Josh Reynolds wasn't doing mm. it, but now it's like
2: more red zone opportunities for Derek Henry as well. More red zone, yeah. Like he might get 25 touchdowns. Like, it's exciting. And not just covering, but like if you're a DB, like, just tackling them is going to be annoying. Like, it gets exhausted to try to tackle them. So. It's an exciting move. Uh, for it to be a second round pick is even a bigger bonus, especially because uh, losing a first round pick, even if you're a contender, it still hurts. Like you always want to have that first round pick. That's why what the Rams have done is so weird. Like mm-hmm. they haven't a first round pick in like five years. So for Tennessee, they did not have to go first round is huge. Um, from an Atlanta standpoint, I think there's just gonna be more questions about how they're moving forward. Like why this whole talk about win now, like how are you going to be talking? And I know coach speak, I know organization, you want to try to build enthusiasm with your fan base. But at the same time, it's like you you can't convince a fan base you're going the win now approach and then trade your your best
1: player, historic player, historic franchise, franchise player, player. Yeah.
2: and then draft a tight end with the fourth pick. And look, if they ain't like Justin Fields, it's understandable. But as I've told people, like if they don't have a viable long-term goal, Quarterback option by 2023, and Justin Fields becomes a, like a real stud. I think there's gonna be major consequences because it's gonna be a huge miss on their part if Fields becomes a star, or even someone like Mac Jones. Like them not taking a quarterback period and investing into Matt <coughs> Ryan, it's it's a huge risk. So, and it kind of makes the Falcons even more less relevant, which is unfortunate. But it's just he was kind of like the face; he was the one that created the glamour. Now it's just let's see what Arthur Smith could do, I guess, and maybe Matt Ryan could still be functional. But there's definitely not much optimism in Atlanta at the moment. And it's just disappointing the fact that you'll never get to see Ryan Ridley and Pitts because that was the whole excitement about the pick. You know, obviously, long-term, Kyle Pitts could be a top-three tight end. He could be a tremendous player. But it's just now how do you look at this team and be like, you're probably not going to compete for a playoff spot this year. Who knows, probably not next year.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, and I know I kind of was looking at Matt Ryan as like a long shot MVP candidate. He was like 65 to 1 just because that offense. Yeah. But yeah, man, you're right. It's gonna be interesting. You've been harping on that for a while. That's why I love your takes when it comes to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I do want to wrap up talking a little bit about the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clippers win Game Seven. That was pretty fun, uh, man. Luca, dude wanted it so bad. What happened to poor Porzingis, man?
2: <sighs> and let, let's take the Knicks' uh, anger out of this. Well, not even anger.
1: Well, I don't know. Are you, are you still angry? Nah. Oh. I mean, I it, listen. If, if you're... This is my take when it comes to... And I wish we had cameras running. There's no cameras on this one because uh, we had finished recording like an hour and a half of Euro coverage and mm-hmm. the cameras died. But I wish I had a camera for this because if it's obvious you don't want to be somewhere and I'm a franchise, I got to get something for you. Mm-hmm. That's just my thing. Like Kind of like Atlanta Julio. Kind of, like yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, I'm out. I'm yeah. done there. Like, you got to get something. Mm-hmm. Did, Obviously, they wanted a first round pick. Obviously, if you're the Knicks, you wanted to get, you know, like a caliber of Porzingis coming mm-hmm. back, which you didn't. You got yeah. like Dennis Smith Jr. and a bunch of draft picks. Yeah. But with that said, if a dude is checked out and he don't want to fucking be there, I'm giving you up, bro. Like yeah. that's it. I'm gonna get you're not something. invested. I can't invest in you. Yeah, and it was very obvious. Like uh Porzingis' brother would like put out some tweets about the Knicks, like mm-hmm. "Yo, we don't like it here," whatever it is, and then like Porzingis would like it or repost it. <laughs> Ultimately, he also got hurt, man. Yeah, towards ACL. He's just a, he was
2: anonymous in this series for most part.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean he's not he's not the number two. Um, I don't think he's built to be a number two. You know, the the forgotten guy in that Knicks trade was Hardaway Jr. and he, he had, he had a pretty some good big series. moments. He had yeah. some big moments. So that's what I think is uh is the issue with Porzingis. I mean, I don't have no animosity towards him. Like the Knicks mm. got two first round picks out out of out of that and. Yeah. He wasn't going to resign with the Knicks yeah. anyway. So, and you know what? Better than giving him a max contract. Right, right. So you really think it comes down to injuries with him? Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just, it's gotten to like, when you're that size too, you yeah. tear a knee up. Like, dude is 7'3. Yeah,
2: not that explosive. And like, he's not even that great of a jump shooter now. Like, yeah. he, like, his, like none of his threes are falling. It, it
1: was shocking. So it was over, for, for five from three in this one. Yeah. You know he played forty-two minutes. Luca, you know, seventeen of thirty. He had forty-six. Dude did not want to lose, Jesus. but he also fatigued in the fourth quarter. Also mm-hmm. missed some key like, free throws. Yeah, he was terrible at the free throw line. I think he was like seven of twelve. So yeah, yeah, seven of eleven. I have it here in front of me. Um, but they need they need another option there, right? They need oh, another option. You there. Go, I think I go on for Bradley Beal or even like a DeRozan. That'd be a nice fit there. Yeah, that'd be a nice fit there. But then on the flip side, if you're the Clippers and you're a Clippers fan, I feel like they might be the favorite to come out the, the West now. Um, actually, I, I stand corrected because... I like the Suns coming into the playoffs. Same. I'm going to stay with the Suns. Same
2: here. Just, you know, Chris Paul factor, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, Kawhi, right? Like, Kawhi isn't signed after this year. Mm -hmm. If they were to get bounced in the first round, I don't think that guy comes back. Paul George was 5 of 15, 2 of 8 from the field. He had 22 points, but he went 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Another way up playoff, Paul George. That was a a bad game. To me, me, their bench really stepped up.
2: Kennard hit some big shots. Morris. Terrence Mann hit some big shots like it was it was good to see the Clippers like their depth actually shine for once
1: Morris went seven of nine from three yeah
2: and, and they've and they kind of changed up the rotation I think they had to adjust just because of the uh how much Luca was terrorizing their big man like Zubac that out rotation you haven't seen any Boogie Cousins uh they've had just Ibaka has been healthy so it's been like you
1: know it's like they, they were they had the small ball approach and it worked they also hit 23s which so was crazy yeah. for them. That always helps. Yeah. But Kawhi just, you know, Kawhi's had some her- heroic performances in this playoff mm-hmm. series, especially that game six to uh, sort of force it yeah. to seven. And he, he forced Luka to take a lot of bad shots. Look, man, yeah. that's what they should have been doing the whole time is having Kawhi on him. But he's also yeah. the biggest part of their offense, too. Yeah. So maybe they didn't want to exert him. Yeah, right. But now it's going to be the Clippers and the Jazz. I'm fascinated by that series. I'll, I'll wait to preview that later down the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was another game one. There were two game ones in the East. Mm-hmm. Atlanta beat the Sixers. I went out on a limb on the last podcast that I did, Alan, and I said Atlanta was going to win this series. They got a lot of guys that I can score. I love Atlanta. They have a lot of guys that could get buckets. Trey Young. What about that dynamic too? Trey Young and Luca trade all these years. It's like, yo, how do you give up on Luca? Mm-hmm. And you know, Trey Young makes it past the first round for the first time. Luca hasn't yet in his career. I'd probably still take Luka without a doubt, but it's not that outrageous, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Uh, He had 35. Trey Young was able to do whatever he wanted. And again, they just got a lot of guys that could get buckets. Collins had 21. Bogdanovich, my boy Bogdanovich, he had 20. Yo, he
2: shushed that Philly crowd. He, come on, you will not think a Serbian killer is going to be intimidated by some Philly crowd <laughs> guy? He's shushing whoever. Herder. Herder.
1: I like Herder. He's a good,
2: not one of those shooters.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, and I know Gallo didn't play well. He only had nine, yeah. but he's another guy that could get a ball. Yeah, I get Hunter
2: healthy. Hunter was a bit of a loss.
1: So they're they're a team who and you always have that heat check guy and Lou Williams. Like they have like nine to ten guys that could actually get buckets. I'm not gonna say they run the offense through them, but they got guys that I, can score. I
2: think if if Pierce wasn't their coach, the Hawks could have been minimum four seed. Like I think they would have a better record than Knicks. And maybe challenge Milwaukee for too. 3 seasons. Like, the, the Hawks really have a good roster. Well, the, the Hawks it's just had, they, they
1: blew a lot of leads. They had the fourth-best record in the East after they made the coaching change. Uh-huh. So you're right. They would be a top-four yeah. seed, which technically, in a way, they were because they had the same record as the Knicks. Yeah, But they did come out slow out right. the gates. But, you know, now you're you're, you're Philly. and Embiid played for you, mm-hmm. and he balled out. He had 39. Yeah. He how gra- How concerned are you, though, if you're Philly? Or is it just one game? hmm that's a good question i mean as long as Embiid's healthy and i mean look he had 39 he played 38 minutes he's healthy they should be fine dropping home games though dropping home games sucks yeah uh because now you've stolen home court and look now your back's against the wall you don't want to drop game Mm -hmm. two game two becomes very pivotal i do think the sixers win game two but i mean atlanta was i saw the memes coming bro like Atlanta oh, was about yeah. to – those last th- 30 seconds right. was a nightmare. They couldn't even inbound. Then that value. Uh, so, I think um, – look, they only hit, I believe, nine threes. They they went 10 of 29 from the three-point line. And Danny Green, 0 for 4. Seth Curry played well. He had 21, went 5 of 9 from three. He just, they just got to play better defense. They got to play better defense. Yeah. That's their bread and butter. And I'm curious to see what they do with, with Trey Young. Trey Young's been able to just – Pierce to any defensive scheme that any team has put around them. It's like, yeah. And do you think Ben Simmons will be defense player year? Is it gonna be Gobert? It'll probably be Gobert. He's the favorite. But Simmons I, is up there. So. Yeah, he's gonna finish second probably. So, so can he be the answer? Like, it's just
2: every well, time think, every time someone throws something at Trey Young, he just bounces back. Well, the one thing
1: like, that they haven't been doing, teams haven't been doing, is wearing him down mm-hmm. with the size, right? Like yeah. the Knicks didn't have any big guy that could like wear him down. And that's what I think you got to do to Trayvon. You got to put pressure on him mm-hmm. too. You can't have him just like running wild. And I'm not saying to take him out because like that style of basketball doesn't exist yeah. anymore. They also made 20 of 21 free throws, and then the Sixers, they went 24 of 35 from the free throw line. So it's like they miss only one free throw in Atlanta. They're a great free throw shooting team too. Scores on scores. The last game I want to talk about is the game on Saturday, and. I'm not going to overreact too much, but I thought that was a game that Milwaukee should have won, especially when James Harden goes down in the first minute. Just, they couldn't shoot. They couldn't shoot. Yeah. I mean, terrible, terrible shooting performances. Middleton's rough. Uh, Middleton and Drew Holiday went 13 of 41 from the field. They just did terrible. Yeah. Um, Giannis did the best he could, 34 and 11. Um, they got a lot out of Brook He had 19 what, But then what, That's what, about it really what, What'd you think of P.J. Tucker Now in start lineup? I thought That might have been A little bit of a panic move And I think okay. not having DiVincenzo out there I know they don't play The same position But Well he's done For the whole playoffs Right okay. yeah So I thought it was More of a panic move mm-hmm. I, I get it P.J. Tucker's a guy Who's played yeah. um, In, who, in who, big series Who do you play though you play Forbes Or Um
2: What's the dude from Northern, Notre Dame? Not how you pronounce it. Uh, Connington. Connington. Yeah. Well,
1: look, I would have said Forbes because he he shot like lights out against the Heat, mm-hmm. but then he went one of five from from three in game one. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's better off the bench. It's, yeah, he does seem to be like a spark guy. But look, Durant Durant had twenty nine, Kyrie had twenty five, but then the yep. secondary guys: Joe Harris had nineteen, mm-hmm. Blake had. 18, and then off the bench, that dude Mike James comes in and just you know drops 12 also. With no Harden, I think now Drew is going to be solely on Kyrie, try to take him out. You need more from Middleton and and Holiday on the offensive end. If you if you don't get that, you're you're in trouble. I, I thought Brooklyn's ball movement was incredible. Like there were
2: moments where they were just passing around, they would hit whether it be Joe Harris or even Kyrie just open threes. They were just getting a lot of open looks and nailing them. That was the big uh big uh, standout from watching the game, which is how good Brooklyn's ball move was. And uh, even though they let Giannis get his, it was just like, other than that, no one really stood out from Mulkey. Okay, Lopez did his thing a little bit, but it's just maybe containing the second and third
1: scores in Middleton all the day. That's probably the best way to win. Man, this is uh, bittersweet. Julio's gone as we wrap up to be expected. You know, uh-huh. we, we, we uh we, we did the whole
2: breakdown, and I guess it was just a matter of time. You know, and I'm kind of just happy he's in a place where he could really shine. But, of course, it's going to take some adjustment. And, yeah, it just not seeing him in black and red is going to be a bit of a weird feeling. But he, he wanted this. He said it. So you got to oblige
1: emergency pod it turned into an emergency pod but this is the Monday pod Alan you're the man thanks for uh, hopping on with me for these last two episodes and a big Euro Cup preview show coming out on Wednesday guys that'll be up on Patreon by the time you guys hear this so check that out patreon.com slash veterans minimum at the lame shows where you can find me at veterans minimum where you can find everything for the show patreon.com slash veterans minimum to support the show Alan where can they find you?
2: Alan Stark, A double E N S T R K.
1: Catch you guys next time. Clock in
0: the lane, I'm filling the stream, I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.
2: This is the story of the one.